Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Recorded live. you folks there in the chat room tonight appreciate you taking time to join us hope all of you are doing fine had a good week how you doing brother david i'm doing good pastor looking forward to the bible study amen brother amen well folks tonight we're going to be in part seven of the timeline of deception and uh, we're going to be in some different some uh, maybe some extra canonical books for a little bit and and the Word of God, the canonized text, and we're going to deal with a few subjects and a few historical facts and events that happened starting in the 1940s. But before we uh, get started, Brother Dave, oh, by the way, I want to make an announcement first. Brother Pete, I heard from uh, him this week. Um, I'll usually say our brother down under, but not anymore. It's our brother over yonder from now on, <laughs> instead of down under. Yeah, anyway, you folks will understand what I'm talking about a little bit later in the program. But Brother Pete's doing fine, so tell all you guys hi. So hello, and keep him in your prayers. Um, I don't know if it's going to be this coming Monday night or maybe next Friday night. I'm going to have a special guest on the program. It'll be Brother Kenny Bougay. He is a friend of mine. I went up to a, a Bible conference last year that, that he had at his home in North Georgia. And um, he is a unique individual. I love him to death. And he is a Bible scholar from the word go. I think you folks will enjoy him and you'll enjoy his knowledge and his um, his take on a lot of different subjects. But I'm not sure when it's going to be. I told him this afternoon I would give him... Um, a couple of days, maybe a week, to catch up on some different things, and he and I will will talk about 
some uh, stuff over the next week, and we'll come up with what we're going to talk about. But anyway, he's a real busy person. He's got seven kids and uh, a business that he takes care of. He's His secular work, he's in uh, heating and air conditioning business, and he's a good brother, and I think that you folks will enjoy him very much. And I'm, there, I'm going to have another guest on the program later on uh, this month or into next month, sometime during next month, and I'm just going to keep that one uh, under my under my hat till about two weeks before they come on because it's pretty um uh, Lord willing, Lord willing, if he can, it's a pretty big name out there. So I haven't mentioned it to anybody, but I haven't mentioned it to Brother Kevin, Brother David, or anybody that I've talked to. I'm just going to keep that one under my hat and let it be a surprise announcement whenever I do, if he's able to come on. He's got a very busy schedule. But anyway, having said all that, Brother David, if you would, go ahead and open. Oh, yeah, and another thing. For you people that prayed for me this week, thank you very, very much. Um, I had an automobile accident. For those that don't know, this past Monday morning, I was going to um, going to town, and I can't tell you what happened because I really don't know other than I did not see the... Um, garbage truck a big uh, county garbage truck i was going about 40 45 miles an hour and ran up underneath square up underneath the garbage truck it totaled the vehicle completely it drove the front end of my 77 mustang all the way back middle ways of the trunk except for where my shoulder and head were located uh, i stayed in the hospital about about right at 10 hours did not break a bone it would have decapitated me if it had been five to six inches to the left. Um, so the Lord took care of me as he always has. No one was hurt but me, as usual, in all the accidents that I have had. I'm hard head, and um, the Lord uses stuff like that to talk to me. I know uh, some of you folks saying, what a way to have to learn from the Lord. Yeah, it is. But he uses He uses um, hammers to deal with, with nails, Okay. And I got the messages on some on some things. I believe in my own spirit. I understand the reasons for all of it. That's between me and the Lord. And uh, I understand it. I'll just leave it at that. A lot of you folks go through life and you think that things happen by chance. I learned back right after I first got saved, year 40-something years ago, there's nothing happens to a Christian by chance. And if you'll look for things that happen in your life, you can understand the Lord speaking. A lot of times he'll speak to you, not in words like some ghost talking out of the sky, but he'll talk to you through incidents that happen in your life. Everyday incidents. If you'll listen, if you're in tune with the Spirit of God, he'll talk to you like that. Show you different things in your life. I'm not saying you've got to have accidents. I didn't say that, okay? He'll use different things in different people's lives. Different Christians' character, character of Christians is different in each individual. Some people the Lord can just nudge by the Holy Spirit, and once the individual understands they are 100% obedient, and the Lord, the Holy Spirit will work in other people's lives around a Christian that that Christian's paying attention to and speak to you through other believers. 
like it says in the book of Romans, um, about their spirit bearing witness with our spirit. Our spirits, if you have the spirit of God dwelling in you, and I'm around you or another brother's around you, the spirit should speak. There's a compatibility between the possessors of the Holy Spirit of God. And there's also, not only is there a compatibility that you understand, but there's always that there's always times when things repel each other or things are unsettling. And when things are unsettling, you have to understand is the Lord speaking to you about something that's unsettling in your life or in another individual's life. It's got nothing to do with judging, per se. We are a symbiotic body. The body of Christ is symbiotic. Can the hand say to the foot, I have no need of thee? See, not idiom, not no, not allegory. Really and truly, that's the way it is. That's the way it was set up to be. You say, well, what about all the people scattered out? I know. That's the problem. That's the reason you're not supposed to forsake the assembling of yourselves together, as the manner of some is, like it says in the book of Hebrews. That's the reason you're supposed to have fellowship one with another. So iron sharpens iron, see? You're supposed to be able to help out your brother. You're not, no man is an island. No, but Paul says, no man liveth to himself, no man dieth to himself. If you think the Christian life is getting in a corner in a room somewhere, eating three squares a day and getting on the computer and staying silent and, and thinking you're feeding yourself and you're getting some of this wonderful knowledge, ain't got nothing to do with Bible-believing Christianity. Knowledge puffeth up, but charity edifieth. What good's your knowledge if you can't use it and help out your brother? Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, body, and soul, and thy neighbor as thyself. You don't think too much of yourself if you're staying by yourself. If you're in anonymous and don't have anything to do with your brethren, you claim to be Christian. How do you know what your brother needs if you don't communicate? Well, the Spirit will tell me. Well, undoubtedly, the Spirit don't tell a lot of folks a lot of stuff. <laughs> There's a spiritual disconnection. See, like I've told you folks many, many times before, and I'll say it many, many more times, this is not just a just a show. This is about you as an individual Christian being taught and and if you would allow yourself to be recipient of the blessings of God. It's gathering your it's assembling together. I know I know in this age we live in today and the mess that the that the mainstream body of Christ is in, I understand the apostasy going on. I understand how organized religion sucks, so to speak. Of, of, all, of anybody in the world, I understand it completely. I came out of it, okay? There's something about fellowship, one with another, that cannot be done typing on a keyboard. 
I understand that sometimes maybe that's all you can do. The Lord knows the truth. Talking to one another. bearing How do you bear one another's burden if you don't communicate? The answer is simple. You don't. You're lying to yourself and to the Lord and everybody else. Well, I got my family. Yeah, you got your family. What about it? The dogs and cats have their families too. That's no, that's no big deal. That's common sense. You're supposed to do that. You downloaders, do you go above and beyond your call? To, do you get in touch with who you listen to all the time? No. A lot of them don't. List just the old computer and just a probe, just a show. No, it's no, it's not. I don't treat it like that. Never have. Not going to. Have to pray for you anonymously because I don't know who you are. Boy, it's my business. See, here we, you want me to start preaching about the I, I, me, me, me thing again? See, it's not about me and it's not about you. It's about the others out there, see? It's about your brother, about your sister in Christ. Everybody has their needs, folks. And some of you hold a unique ability and a unique asset to be able to fulfill the needs of a brother or sister if you would make yourself known. Only you have that ability in certain areas. See, we have different gifts in the body, and that the gifts in the body are supposed to, to, get, to use those gifts one to another. You have to understand, folks, it'd be the biggest blessings in your life, you downloaders, and some of you in the chat room, if you understood this. People want to be a blessing to you. Or want to burn my life. I don't even understand why some of the folks just don't check out and keep on going. That's not what we're about here. We're supposed to be a ministry. Now, what the title of the program says? Don Spears Ministries. I, I, it's hard. It's hard to minister to somebody you don't have any association with, other than prayer. And I take that to the extreme myself. So you can't stand mainstream. Christianity. You can't stand them old hypocrites in the church. Oh my God, my God. What do y'all folks think you are? Some of you. Not all. Some. See folks, we live in a day and in a, in a, in a spirit of the age where nobody likes anybody to tell them what to do. See? Nobody likes to be told by another individual what to do, even though we're supposed to submit ourselves one to another. See, the Scripture's back. Folks, I'm not making this stuff up. You submit yourself to the teaching of the Word of God, you'll be held accountable for what you hear and what you learn. 
as a member of the body of Christ. Many-membered body. I don't I didn't mean to go off in that direction, but that's the way the Spirit of the Lord led. Anyway, I appreciate you downloaders that did pray for me. I bet it'll take me a while to recuperate. I thank God I'm able to get on here tonight. I apologize for not being here Monday night, but that was practically it would have been nothing but silence from me because I couldn't have hardly opened my mouth. Brother Kevin and I talked, but there was no way I could be on Monday night. But I appreciate you that prayed. See, there was no way since some of you folks, downloaders and everything, you don't get in touch, you don't, you're not in a personal connection. There's not, well, I wouldn't have known I'd pray. You can't know unless you apply yourself to have friends. You must show yourself friendly. That's what it says in Proverbs. I mean, I could just go on and on and on. I want you guys to grow. I want you to to understand that symbiotic relationship. I want you to be able to be a blessing to others and have others be a blessing to you, you downloaders and you in the chat room. You don't want blessings? You don't want to be a blessing to somebody? I don't know what you're here for then. I really don't understand. Because the moment that is... Negated completely, I'm gone. I'm history. I'll be located in another place at another time where it can be applied. Where the blessings can flow. And people can be a blessing one to another. Folks, nobody's hamstrung to the point where they can't write or call, okay? Nobody is. If you are, you need to let somebody know and you'll get helped out, okay? As a pastor teacher, all I'm doing is telling you what's right, folks. That's my job. I think a lot of people are living in fear, you know, they... Want to always be incognito. They don't want to fear, stick their head out unless they get a shot. What? Fear of what? You claim God yeah. can save you from hell. You claim if he can save you from hell, but he can't save you from a troll. Come well, they on, don't bro. get the experience of the Holy Ghost protecting them because they never, you know, That's come out and be honest and let the saints of God know who they really are. That's exactly what I just got through saying. Amen. And that, saying it in different words. Yeah, that, folks, I, and it's not that's not being mean. That I'm just it's trying to be. A, if you're going to be a Christian, if you're going to be a child of the King, be a child of the King. The Lord says in in Revelation chapter three, He wants you hot or cold. One of those two, hot or cold. If you're lukewarm, it says you make him sick. And see, a lot of people, they think in their own minds that because everything's fine, you got three squares, roof over your head, a little money in the bank, you think you think you're, ble- you're, 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 you're God's blessing you. 
when God ain't doing jack squat with you is what it is. You don't want to get to that point to where the rod's not on your back or you're not seeing blessings in your life and not being a blessing to somebody else. You don't want to be put on the shelf. Or Paul said, this is the way Paul puts it in 1 Corinthians. He said he didn't want to get to the position that when he preached to others, he said, I keep my body under. Because when I preach to others, least I myself become a castaway. And folks, there again, you downloaders, this is not, this is, I say every bit of this with love. With love. A lot of people wind up they being on Christian in name only. And there's a lot of people that don't even like that name Christian. And I can understand why. Because it, it's a broad brush and look at all the junk that comes under that heading so you want to disassociate yourself from it. Why would you do that? Why would you give place to the devil? Why would you give place to queers? Why would you give place and let somebody take away the name that was given to you in Antioch and also by the Apostle Peter. See, that's where we were first called Christians was in Antioch. And the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Peter uses it also in his second epistle. Therefore, you know it was picked up and used in the a, in a, in a right light, in a positive way. And in both contexts where it appears it's positive. But why, why, why would you just want to be so secluded? Folks, to whom much is given, much is required. How, would, how, how does a, a pastor teacher know what, how does he know how to feed unless he sees the condition of the flock or hears the condition of the flock? How does he know what to see? You, you put up. You, I, I can say one thing positive about the whole situation. It sure makes you shoot in the dark quite a bit. It makes you try to cover all bases as a pastor teacher and a prayer warrior. It makes you try to cover all bases from every angle to try to cover the whole plate. That's the bright side of it. The bad side of it is you don't know which direction to come to be a blessing and a help. The parts of the scriptures where you know can be a comfort with the promises and blessings. Think about what I say. If I become your enemy because I tell you the truth. That's what Paul told the Corinthians. As a lot of people come through this program and they they come through and they leave. I wonder about some of them I still pray for, the ones that I know them. I still pray for the ones that came and left. I ain't changed a bit. I'm the same old Don Spears with the same love for the ones that listened as I, I had when I first started. 
more more to the ones that I know personally. That's what it's all about, see? Well, I'm submitting myself to God. You are. Not according to the Word of God. I've done quoted the Scriptures in the context dealing with what I'm talking about. Why let the world and why let a bad apple screw up the whole barrel? Why let the the stupidity of a few dictate the actions of an of a, a larger number? It shouldn't be that way, folks. These things ought not to be. Like Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, though I give my body to be burned and know all mysteries, you know, and have not charity, I'm nothing. Charity is an active love. How can you be active love punching a keyboard? Silent. But I do my own thing. I just learn. I go and do. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. In a pig's eye. Actions speak a whole lot louder than words, folks. Anyway, these people come in here and they leave. And I continue to pray for them. One, don't hear a word. They get mad. I say something they don't agree with, folks. If you guys, if you got, if you're one of them, you better be leaving now, because I will cover something you don't agree with. Not on purpose. It just happens that way. I'm learning myself. I'll never get to the point to the day I die when I have shut my heart off and my brain from learning this book and letting the Lord speak to me, show me places I'm wrong, punch me in this area, lead me and guide me in that area to turn around and give it to you as best, as much as life within me is and as the ability allows me to do. So think about it. And those people that disagree with you, Pastor Don, they should be thankful that they came here, even if it was just for 10 minutes, and they heard something they disagreed with, if it was the Holy Ghost, and it came on them, they can run away, but the Holy Ghost is going with them, and he's going to work on them, and that word's going to work in them until they change, because he's not relenting for a moment. Amen. He's not changing his word, his desire. If they are Christians, he's going to work in them. They can run, and eventually, you know, they may come back. Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll go on and do something else, but that word's going to change them. Absolutely. Or they'll die. That's right. And the thing about it is like the old commercial used to be back years ago when I was growing up and watched television, dirt can't hide from intensified tide. <laughs> you remember that old commercial, Brother David? Yes, I do, yes. Folks, let me tell you something. Something happened just the other day, and it happens all the time. 
I, I don't talk about it, but something that uh, my Bible teacher taught me 30 years ago that I fluffed off. Hadn't thought about it a single second until the other day it came to me. The Spirit of God busted me with it 30 years, 30 some years ago, brought it back to my remembrance the other day and applied it in my life the other day, something I heard over 30 years ago. That's the way the Spirit of God works, folks. That's what Brother David meant by what he was just saying. You can't run. If the Spirit of God works in you, that is if the Spirit of God is in you. You can't float through this life. It, I don't care who you are. I don't care how good you are. I don't care if you're as clean and white as the driven snow in your everyday life. The Lord's got a wrench to fit every nut. And you are a sinner. Your heart is wicked and de desperately wicked above all things. Who can know it, Jeremiah says. The Lord told a bunch of disciples, he knew what was in man. He knew the heart of man. Murders, adulteries, and he just went on and on with the list. That's what's in man. We come to the teaching and the preaching of the Word of God so the Holy Spirit can clean up the avenues in our life that need cleaning up, that need taking care of, working out your own salvation with fear and trembling like it says in Philippians. For it is God that worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. That's working out your salvation, folks, not working for. You don't work for your salvation. You are saved, sealed to the day of redemption. Your, your salvation in life, your daily life, your perfecting process, that's what goes on when you sit under the teaching and preaching of the pure word of God And you live your life accordingly in the perfecting process with the ups and downs and trials and tribulations with the chastening and teaching and scourging of the Father. That's what it's all about. Think about it for a minute. And I was thinking about this the other day, like yesterday, and this is what the Holy Ghost spoke to me. You know? And by the saw, way, folks, when Brother David says the Holy Ghost spoke, he's not talking about hearing an audible voice scream down out no. of the air. I <laughs> just, just wanted to make that impression. plain, brother. Go ahead. No, yeah, I'm glad you did. Some people could take that out of context. I shouldn't take it, you know, lightly that some people may misapply that. But what I meant was the Lord impressed upon me in my heart because I was asking him about my own brother. And... It was troubling me because I had wit witnessed to him so many times over the year. And I'm telling you, people couldn't be much opposite, more opposite. And all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost just turned the light bulb off. And I could see Esau and Jacob. And they were both had the exact same DNA, the exact same parents. They were in the same 
environment, spoken to with the same words, given the same word of God, and one went one way and decided to go totally opposite than the other. And it can be applied exactly the same way in the Christian life. A person can be in exactly the same place at the exact same time with the same anointing, the same word spoken, the same message given, and totally understanding what is said, and yet they choose to go a different way. Of course, different results. That's yeah. the way it works, folks. And they're even white. White as white can be. <laughs> yeah. Amen, brother. Amen. That's the way it works, folks. If you're not get if if you're if if some of you are straying around and not hearing this stuff, see, this is basic stuff, folks. This is basic Christianity. This is basic Bible believing Christianity. Right out of the mouth of the Lord Jesus Christ and the apostles. Got nothing to do with denominational doctrine. It's biblical doctrine. To hell with the denominational junk, okay? All denominations do is put a tag over your head. That's all they do. But having said all that, I'll say this and we will, and Brother David can go ahead and open this in a word of prayer. Folks, the Spirit of God will work in your heart if your heart is pliable. If it's dead, if it's covered with sin, with unconfessed sin, you'll be lucky if you even hear the Spirit of God. It's called grieving the Spirit. Paul warns against that. Grieve not the Spirit of God. It's in Ephesians 5, whereby you're sealed, Ephesians 4, whereby you're sealed to the day of redemption. See, even though the Spirit has sealed the soul for eternity, the body continues to raise Cain and pitch a fit and go against the oracles of God. And you grieve that spirit when you're disobedient. And the symbiotic relationship, don't you should not ever complain about a Jew, don't complain about a blue gum, don't complain about a chink, don't complain about any don't don't com, you ain't got room to open your mouth and complain about anything if you're not actively in the process of applying the precepts and principles of New Testament Christianity to your life and your brothers and sisters by obedience. You ain't got, you can talk all you want to. You think the Lord's going to hear you? No. You ain't got a right to open your mouth because you're not applying which you should be applying in your life. Period. I don't know where you got anything any different. If you did, it's a lie. There has to be application. By their fruits you shall know them. 
nobody. Oh, you ain't saying what I'm doing. Folks, come on. Come on. Every man's way is right in his own eyes. See, you should you should not even give place to your own thoughts. You should allow the Spirit of God and the Word of God do the dictating to you. By the teaching and preaching of the Word of God, period. That's the way it was set up to be. I didn't set up the rules. I didn't set it up that way. The Lord did. You want to complain about it? You buck, you buck the, the status quo? You're bucking the Lord. You go against the preaching and teaching of the Word of God as long as it is the Word of God. You're bucking against the Lord. Like I said, to whom much is given, much is required. And I don't mean expected either. I mean required. Brother David, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter um, 4 okay. and read the last two verses. I want you to listen, folks, to this, very, this, this last two verses. I think it's 1 Corinthians 4. Let me see. No, okay. 1 Timothy, brother. I'm sorry. 1 Timothy okay. 3, the last two verses. All right. It starts out with some men's sins go before the judgment. I think uh, that's yeah. what. I want you folks to listen. You downloaders, listen, listen. And First and Second Timothy and Titus is all about what I just spent the last 30 minutes talking about. How things are supposed to be done decently and in order and what's expected in a symbiotic relationship of the body of Christ. People don't want to read them and get familiar with the rules and regulations and the things that set down because you don't want to be accountable for it, see? You hang around here long, that that excuse won't wash. Go ahead, brother. Um, this is talking about the deacons, the qualifications. No, 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 no. Well, it's the next chapter. It's the last two verses in chapter okay, three. Okay, next chapter? Yeah, in or, three, four, or five, it's the last two verses. Uh, okay. Yes. Um, Okay. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, with the laying on of hands of the presbytery. Okay, he's Meditate. talking directly to the little to the preacher boy Timothy. That's what he's who he's talking to right there. And then he comes out of the wild blue with the next statements. Watch it, brother. Go ahead. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. You see there? You see the symbiotic relationship, folks? You see, that those are admonitions to me as a pastor teacher. But you see the application also to you. How can Brother Timothy do anything if nobody's paying attention to their end of the bargain, see? And I'm just using worldly terms of bargain. It's no bargain. It's part of the body of Christ. Continue on, brother. That was the end. Well, okay. then it's the next chapter, brother. I'll it's, go it's, on. Yep. I'll go to the next. Oh, yes. Chapter 5. Some men's... Uh, chapter 5, verse 24. Some men's sins 
are open beforehand, going before to judgment. And some men, they follow after. Okay, what that's saying, let me explain. It should be apparent what it's saying. Some men get the crap beat out of them, and they're chastening rods of chastening and scourging put on them in the open before men, before everybody, before the world, so to speak. Some men slide through and read that next verse, brother. Likewise, also, the good works of some are manifest beforehand, and they that are otherwise cannot be hid. In other words, you're going to get judged one way or the other, either openly down here or later on before the Lord. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade men. Paul talks about it. First Corinthians five, second I mean second Corinthians five, verse ten, talking about the judgment seat of Christ, and first Corinthians chapter three, verses seventeen through about verse twenty four, talking about the judgment seat of Christ, suffering shame, suffering loss. You're not going to get around it, Christian. Paul's talking to Christians here. You're not going to get around it. Your daily life will be judged during the day, in the open, before men, or either it'll come later. It's coming one way or the other. If you believe the book, see. Now watch this about rewards. Go ahead, Brother David. Uh, that was the end of the chapter. No, no, no. I need the last verse again. Read it. Read the last oh, verse again. Certainly. Verse twenty-five. Likewise, also the good works of some are manifest beforehand, and they that are otherwise cannot be hid. Okay. Now, what he's saying is, some people's rewards—they do good, they get good down here. Other people do good and never get any good down here. Just have to slug through each day. But they, the good works will not be hid. They'll be rewarded at the judgment seat of Christ. Do you, now, now read both verses together. Okay. Verse 24. Some men's sins are open beforehand, going before to judgment. And some men, they follow after. Likewise, also... The good works of some are manifest beforehand, and they that are otherwise cannot be hid. Okay. All right. That's enough of that. Anyway, folks, I had no idea where it's going this direction. Brother David, if you would, open us in a word of prayer, and we'll get started on the timeline of deception. Wait, before you do, is there any questions in the chat room about anything I've said? I'll give you a chance to write down any, any question you might have. Because now's the time to ask it. I want to remind everybody of one verse in chapter 5 that we're reading in First Timothy, verse 17. Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine, and I'll just leave it there and let that word sink into your heart. And if the Holy Ghost speaks to you at all or you ever hear, hear the word of God convicting you, let it do so. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Amen. No questions. Okay. Okay, brother David. I appreciate you reading that. Brother, you know why I try to steer clear of that stuff, though, don't you? 
Yes. I don't want to be branded, you know. That's the reason I steer clear of it. But anyway, go ahead and open us in a word of prayer, brother. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you tonight and we ask that you have mercy on us by your grace, by your kindness, by the Holy Ghost. Work in us again tonight the word according to your delight, according to your will, according to your predestined plans for our lives. I pray that the people that are in the chat room right now and those that download, draw them, draw people, Lord, that are just thinking about coming online, draw them to listen to these archives. Even people, Lord, draw them and cause them to stumble on the archives by chance, but it's not a chance. They're being led by you. And I pray in the name of Jesus that the Holy Spirit will grab a hold of them and this word will bear fruit in their lives. And I pray for Pastor Don tonight, Lord, that you would grant him grace and that he'd be free of pain and be anointed by the Holy Ghost to teach us the word clearly and powerfully. And I pray that I would be able to read and not stumble over and uh, run over Don's uh, message in the name of Jesus. So be it. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Okay, folks, the timeline of deception. We've spent seven programs dealing with this, going back and forth. Back and forth through history, playing out the Psalms 2 conspiracy. That's what, it's, that's what it's about. That is the granddaddy of them all. All these other conspiracies, well, they're part of it, but not they're not the granddaddy. The granddaddy is Psalms 2 and Psalms 82. That's the connection. All right, and we've played it back and forth all the way from Genesis 3. To the flood, to Nimrod, the fallen angels, all the way through here. It hasn't been definitive. I didn't mean for it to be definitive. As a matter of fact, I'm surprised that it has gone this long because I wasn't as definitive as I should have been. But this is the way the Lord wanted me to go with it. So that's what we've been doing. I've been doing it kind of footloose and fancy free, shooting from the hip, impromptu. Okay? So we've been trying to do it. That's the way the Spirit works best sometimes. Well, usually the way the Spirit works best when I'm doing things like this. So we've gone back and forth with this conspiracy. Since now we live, since the Internet age, we live in a conspiratorial world. Those that have ears to hear and eyes to see, some people are just satisfied with daily life, and that's fine. That's fine. There's a lot of stuff that if you didn't know, that if you didn't have any idea what was going on, you'd sleep better at night. Probably some of us, some of us would. That don't take a lot of this. That people that don't take a lot of this conspiratorial stuff to heart, they just fat, happy, and sassy, as they say down south, living their life, working their five day a week job. Having fun on the weekend, going to church on Sunday, and back at it Monday. They don't want, they'll cover their ears. They don't want to hear about none of this stuff. But if you're a Bible-believing, born-again child of God with the Spirit of God dwelling in you, and the Lord's using you and hadn't put you on the shelf, these conspiracies out of the Word of God ought to draw you like a magnet. Because the testimony, the, the, the testimony of Jesus Christ, folks, is, the spirit of prophecy. Okay? 
And every bit of these conspiracies we went through, through the scriptures, back and forth, has to do with prophecy. That's the reason we started back, and we're coming forward. And we're up into the 1940s now. We hit on a few things about the First World War and the Balfour Declaration, about um, the Israeli country over there getting um, a land grant to get started a state. But the state wasn't formed till 1948. We got went through the World Wars, how they... How they built up Hitler, Adolf Alois Hitler, to be the man of the year. And America actually loved him. I didn't even get to mention it the other night, but I did this many, many times before. My dad fought on the German front. And I heard him say many times when I was growing up, and they, you know how they used to have those war shows on television? I remember my, my, my dad fought on the front line, like I said. He said Hitler was right. He never would go into details of exactly what he was talking about, but I can see him right now with his head kind of leaned over. Hitler was right. And my dad fought against German troops, like I said. And Brother David brought out a good point the other night about how the propagandizing Jewish media turned the people against the German people. Started out for them and turned against them when the banksters and the Catholics started all their junk. I forget Pope. What, what Pope was it, Brother David, that was, uh, was, uh, that was Pope during the time of Hitler? Was it innocent? What was it in the Pope... Uh, I'm well, sorry, Pastor Don, I forget. Anyway, uh, he made a concordance. I think it is innocent. Yeah, I think it was Pope, Pope Innocent. He made a secret concordance with Adolf Hitler himself. Of course, you don't find out. You can find out. You can read Avro Manhattan's books or Blanchard's books on Catholicism today. Find out all about it. Documentation out the yin-yang. And that's absolutely true because before that, uh, Germany, the religion of Germany was Lutheran. And uh, after they made that pact together, the official religion of Germany became Catholicism. That's it. That's right. <clears throat> you can learn a lot of good stuff from some um, revisionist historians like Blanchard and um, um, Avro Manhattan, the Vatican Billions. Some people's brought up something bad about Manhattan. I tell you, all I ever read by him was factual, documented, and to the point. And this was back in the 70s and 80s, talking about the Vatican billions. Those sapsuckers, that pope, that, 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 that Jesuit bunch of heathens, there's no telling how much money they're worth and they've got stored away. There's 1.6, I think it's 1.6 billion professing Catholics today. Isn't that right, Brother David? Isn't it 1.6 billion? Something right around there. Today, whenever, like if you was to go into New York or or Boston or Los Angeles or Chicago or Detroit, somewhere like that, and went into a news station or or a TV station or radio station, and they said um, something about the church, you know what immediately would come to the media's mind? Catholicism. When you mention the church, they think Catholic. They think Catholic. They think Catholic. That's what they think. That is the majority. 
Catholic, of so-called Christians, and now I'm using it in air quotes, so-called Christians are supposedly Catholic. And Catholics are not Christian, folks. There are some Christians in the Catholic Church, some wonderful people in the Catholic Church. But Catholicism is not Christian. It's Babylonian mother and son worship. And Mithraism. Yeah, well, that's part of it, Mithraism. You can track every bit of it back to Nimrod and Semiramis. Everything that they do, you can track it back. One of the greatest works ever done on it was the two Babylons by Dr. Alexander Hislop. Documented to the yin-yang again. Now, so if there's any Catholics that download this, I'm not talking bad about you, dear brother or sister. I'm talking about the system, okay? I'm talking about the system. Just like I would badmouth the First Baptist Church, the Church Association, okay? Or the United Methodist Association. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be badmouthing the individuals. I'm bad mouthing the machine or the or the the um top dogs. That's what I'm getting at. Anyway, anyway. Catholics, that's what they think of. They think Christian, they think Catholic. They think Catholic. So anyway, World War II's over. By the way, the Pope didn't keep his end of the deal. The Pope was also instrumental in a lot of German soldiers being slaughtered. I don't think it got into the the, the Catholic part of it in that um, in that documentary Hellstorm, but you can no, it find didn't. It, I didn't think it did. But you can find out in revisionist history a lot of the a lot of the truth about how the Catholics turned their back. They did not keep their part of the concordant with the German people, and they turned over a lot of the Germans to the slaughter. And as far as you just want, I'm going to say this, and then we're going to move on in another topic. The one that slaughtered more people than anybody during World War II and after World War II as far as civilians goes, he slaughtered between 30 and 50 million. And that was Uncle Joe Stalin. That's your you want a murderer? You want a slaughterer? You want somebody with blood all over his hands? Uncle Joe Stalin. Joseph Stalin. Wicked. Wicked. In the Siberian work camps. Thirty to fifty million. Don't hey. If you ain't ever if that's news to you, check me out. Check it out. And most of those slave labor camps run by a wicked Jewish master. Check me out. Check me out. Anyway, World War II is over. And in 1947, after Hiroshima's taken place, the atomic bombs, I know there's some stuff out there, folks, that says that there, that there's no such thing as an atomic bomb. I know, but we're we're just gonna we're gonna stay with the thesis that atomic an atomic weapon did get used, two of them in Hiroshima. We're gonna stick with the thesis that the atomic tests were done during the fifties. Okay, 
did, did you hear what I said? I said we're going to stick with that thesis. I didn't say that it was absolutely a fact, and I knew they were absolutely real, or I didn't say that they were absolutely fake. The truth is, I don't really know. That's what you I'm trying to be honest. All right with it about it. All right? So we're going to go with that. So Nagasaki and Hiroshima. And in Japanese, the Japanese surrender. As a matter of fact, they were surrendered, I think it was one or two weeks before they ever dropped the bomb. You know, you know what the timetable was on that, Brother David? No, but they wanted to surrender, uh, you know, publicly in a ceremony before the bombs were dropped. I oh, absolutely. Know that. Yeah, absolutely. I forget if it was a week or so. That Yes, this, the surrender was a lot earlier. They just wanted to test out the bombs. If you just want to, to, the nitty-gritty and the truth about it, they just wanted to test out the bombs. But anyway, so many people got killed with them, and then we're in the nuclear age. Either way, there were some big explosions. So we're going to take the atomic bombs for being real. It shook the earth. All this shaking with the nuclear test that kept on going after World War II. Out in the desert, in Arizona, in Nevada, all these tests under the ground, underground testing, underwater testing. You can pull up maps. I don't know how reliable they are that um, shows you the test sites. But these, these are explosions that had never been before as, during our era of existence. Nothing like it. Stirred up a hornet's nest, so to speak. Got some folks' attention, so to speak. So what are you talking about, Brother Don? I'm talking about got some folks' attention that live underneath the earth. You do know the scripture backs that up, right? Remember this, before I start talking about Roswell. Anything that is flesh and bone that deals with the supernatural that has to do with flesh and bone. I didn't say flesh and blood. First Corinthians chapter 15 backs up what I'm saying, folks. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, okay? Cannot inherit that spiritual realm. Flesh and blood didn't say flesh and bone, but I'm telling you now that any time, anything out of the way, any weird thing, anything out of the out of the normal paradigm that shows up, that's been talked about, that's been recorded, that's been documented, that's flesh and bone, having to do with the supernatural, comes from extra dimension. Extra dimensional. Through some of those windows it talks about. In the book of Enoch. It's extra dimensional. Brother David, if you know exactly where it is, I wish you'd turn to that word. Um, Enoch talks about the the, uh, the doorways and portals in heaven. Mm-hmm. You, you familiar with that? See if you can find it yes, while I'm talking. Uh, yes, I will. They're, those flesh and bone entities, they're interdimensional. There's no 
I want this recorded for posterity. Get this. There are no such things as extraterrestrial aliens from other planets and star systems. There is absolutely none. None. No such thing as aliens the way they're portrayed, as extraterrestrial from Mars or Jupiter or Alpha Centauri or Pleiades or Arcturus or Orion. So there is influences from those places I just mentioned, but we'll get to that later. What's being seen all all around the world and has been since 1947, when it's something supernatural, flesh and bone, it's interdimensional. When it's nuts and bolts, when it can be shot down, when it can be tracked, when it smokes, when it's nuts and bolts, it's from underground. It's from underground. The earth is hollow, folks. There's hollow compartments under there. There's people down there. We went to Ezekiel. I read about those folks that are down there. The angels that sinned, that have been released after the 70 generations at the turn of the 20th century, the 19th century, that's where they were. The same place where Jonah went when he was in the belly of the whale. The same place that the rich man went in hell. And Lazarus went to Abraham's bosom. No metaphor, no parable. Talked about the man called him by his first name, Lazarus. If that was the only thing you had in the scripture, just Luke 16, there may be. You might could argue the fact of parable or metaphor or allegory, but that's not the only place. You remember in Isaiah chapter 24 where it talks about those people that come up out of the pit and the people that go down into the pit. Just an allegory. No, that's not an allegory. See, the reason people you hear allegory all the time is because for all these years that I talked that I talked about in one of the other programs, after the resurrection, how the supernatural stuff started waning off, and especially from the Reformation forward, you're talking about pragmatic. You're talking about where supernaturalism, as far as the body of Christ went, was in in one of its lowest ebbs. That's what happened. And in in the Western Christian world, supernaturalism was put on a back burner and relegated to the fringe. Don't believe me? Go check it out and read it in the history of the Christian church. You choose you choose who your author is. I'm not going to recommend any of them, even though Philip Schaff has a, has a good. His volumes are pretty good. But supernaturalism waned, and literalism and pragmatism came in, especially with German rationalism. Okay. 
But that Abraham's bosom, how do you know it was a place? How do you know people went there? Because in Ephesians it tells you that Christ went to the center of the earth and led that captivity that was down there captive. He led them out. He emptied it. How do you know he did? Because it tells you in Matthew 27 that some of them, the graves were opened and they appeared in the city. Two witnesses to go along with Abraham's bosom not being a parable. Ephesians and Matthew. Not counting the whole Old Testament talks about the pits. Well, that's just a spiritual place, Brother Don. Is that right? Brother Enoch didn't think so. <laughs> Brother David, if you would, read to us about those portals, about those extra-dimensional stuff. I want you folks to hear it now. I understand, like I said before, let me preface, the book of Enoch's extra-canonical, but it's quoted by Peter and Jude and allusions made by Paul and the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Okay, Brother David. I haven't been able to locate it yet, Pastor Don. Okay. I've gone through chapter 17 here. Oh, it's later than that. It's further on. It should be somewhere around, let me see, let me think, use my memory, 30, say 10, 20, try 27. Try to look at the just scan over twenty seven, twenty eight, and see if it's there. Okay. But Enoch, Enoch talks about these portals, these windows in the canonical books. In Isaiah, it talks about the windows and things flying through them. And we'll go there, brother David. Can't find this in uh, in Enoch. I mentioned you've heard me mention it before that the Lord even He slew somebody because they didn't believe that there were windows in heaven. See, people say, oh, that's a metaphor. That's just talking about some metaphor or idiom. No. In Genesis 9-7, the windows opened, and that deep that was above the firmament came in and flooded the earth. That's one window open. Like I said, the windows in heaven the guy got killed for is in 2 Kings or 1 Kings chapter 7 or 17. I forget exactly which one it is. But he laughed and said, yeah, though there be windows in heaven. And the prophet turned around and told him, I'm paraphrasing now. I didn't say it was a par- I didn't say it was a parable. I said, I'm paraphrasing what went on. And the prophet said, okay, you don't believe in windows in heaven? He said, no, there ain't no windows in heaven. He said, well, before you get any bread tomorrow, you'll find out about the windows in heaven. Well, the Lord killed him. There was windows in heaven. And that's a, that's a bad paraphrase of what went on. But there are windows in heaven. There are portals that come from the other side. In the fir- underneath the firmament, folks, there are three heavens. There, there are three heavens, okay, that's situated. There's the first heaven, the second heaven, and the third heaven. The third heaven being the abode of the Father. That's above the firmament. The other two heavens are inside the firmament, below the firmament. How do I know this? Paul said that when he was stoned to death, he was caught up to the third heaven. Okay? Well, if there's any more, you might find some in some extra canonical books, you know. I don't know, but I know that that's where the Lord was. That's where Paul got caught up to. So if there's three, then there has to be at least two more. One, two, three. There's a brother out there. Uh, excuse me for even saying it. There's a guy out there that had, does not believe that there's three heavens. 
Just there's just one, and that's encompassing. Just one heavens, even though plural and singular are found in the same verse over and over and over again. And when Paul says he was caught up to the third heaven, Paul was just uh, given an idiom or a metaphor. There's no such thing as three heavens. That's what this person said. My, 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 my. Anyway, anything but believe the book. You found anything yet, Brother David? Oh, uh, no, I... Okay, just, just turn to Isaiah, brother. We'll, we'll, okay. we'll come back and hit this um, again, these portals out of the book of Enoch. I'll find where it's at, and uh, we'll spend some time with it. Now I'm trying to. Uh, Isaiah chapter 61, I think, where is the reference I'm looking for, brother, where it says, Who are these that fly through the clouds to their windows? It's Isaiah chapter 7. Wait, Isaiah chapter... 60, verse 8, brother. I think that's it. I want you to, I want you to yes. read the verse above and below. Okay. And just watch, him, watch Isaiah just pull this out of his hat, out of nowhere. <laughs> Go ahead. Isaiah, chapter 60, verse 7. All the flocks of Kedar shall be gathered together unto thee. The rams of Naboth shall minister unto thee. They shall come up with acceptance on mine altar, and I will glorify the house of my glory. Who are these that fly as a cloud and as the doves to their windows? Okay, now what y'all notice he was just talking about land animals, talking about a sacrifice, then sandwiched in between that and and Brother David's fixing to read what just out of nowhere. This is what Isaiah says. Go ahead, brother. Verse 9. No, verse Surely 8. Read these. verse 8 and 9 together. Again? Okay. Who are these that fly as a cloud and as doves to their windows? Surely the isles shall wait for me and the ships of Tarshish thirst to bring thy sons from far. You see how They're weird. Still... You see that, Brother David, how that just, he just pulls that out of nowhere. Yes. Verse 8 has absolutely nothing to do with verse 7 and verse 9. It just appears. See, the Lord does, a lot of times the Lord will do that, folks, and you better pay attention when you see something like this. It's, the Lord's trying to show you something. He does the same thing himself when he's walking this earth in the Gospels. He's talking to the disciples, and just out of nowhere he says, I come in my Father's name, and you receive me not. But if another come in his own name, him you will receive. And it just goes on talking about something totally different. Do you hear what I just said? He said, I come in my Father's name, and you receive me not. But if another come in his own name, him you will receive. P please pass the salt. <laughs> kind of like that. Those are the things you need to... Pay attention to, because they'll have something to do with a something totally different from the context with your peers, and they'll have to do with something that's obscure in the rest of the Scriptures. I'm going to repeat that, because you're not going to hear it anywhere but here. Don't think. When you run across a verse like that that's just pulled out of context, has absolutely, you can't figure out what in the world, why did he say that? Pay close attention, set it aside. Because if you've got a doctrine somewhere else in the Word of God that's kind of obscure, 
and you can't get a grip on it, nine ti- 99.9% of the time, you can go back and look at these verses that seemingly are pulled out of the air. And you'll notice that they got something to do with that doctrine or that topic or that precept that's trying to be taught. You won't get that in this in any seminary anywhere in the United States. It's free. Malachi also talks about, I believe it's chapter three, about the windows of heaven mm-hmm. being opened by your giving. Oh, the, the yeah, Lord let's read that. Let, yeah, let's go read that, brother. <laughs> okay. Let's go read that. Boy, well, we've got no old spirits. He don't never talk about the law. No, no. All he just talked about them Pauline epistles. Is that right, huh? <laughs> Let's read a little bit about what the Lord had to say about this stuff. Okay. You know Bring where... All, um, Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. Start in verse 8. Okay. Verse 8, Malachi the context, chapter By the three. way, folks, the context is Israelites. Okay, go ahead, brother. And it's giving. Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Now, folks, that's, some, that's one of the most abused passages in Scripture and has been for years and years and years. That has put a bad taste in people that it put a bad taste in folks' mouth that wants to do right when it comes to those things because of the rip-offs across this country, the lying false prophets that has fleeced the sheep over and over and over again with their fluffy lies and their out-of-context doctrines and their nothing but get rich. They're wicked. You know what? The lowest hell is going to be reserved for people like that. Oh, by the way, there is levels to hell. You did know that, didn't you? Oh, yeah, there's a special place. There's a special place called the lowest hell. And it sure ain't talking about a split-level grave. But that's what's put a bad taste in Christians' minds and in their mouth that want to do right because of the wicked, lying, TV-preaching, lying heathens, okay? That just keep stealing women's old old ladies and, and people that's on fixed incomes, stealing their money and promising them the world, and they're lying out their teeth, and they could care less about these people. And it's destroyed Christian giving in this country to the Bible-believing teachers and preachers. It's destroyed it. And the, fa- and the rich and fat liars keep getting richer and fatter. And the ones that pull away from the crap will have the bad taste in their mouth and make the Bible-believing preachers and teachers suffer because of somebody else's sin. 
See, that's old, that's old covenant, old covenant teaching on tithes and offerings and storehouse yes, tithing. You want New Testament doctrine on, 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 on giving? God loveth a cheerful giver. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. Matter of fact, the only promise in the New Testament that's conditional to a blood-bought child of God in the body of Christ is in 1 Corinthians. Turn to 1 Corinthians 10, brother. Okay. Start reading down about verse 10. I think it's verse 10. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmur, and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happened unto them for ensamples. That's not it, brother. That, that's not it. Go to mm-hmm. verse chapter 11. Okay. I don't even know what. That's unusual for me not to know a chapter in a Pauline epistle, but <laughs> I don't keep up with this one that much. Okay. Chapter 11 in First Corinthians. Yes. Okay, verse 10. Mm-hmm. For this cause ought the woman to have power on that's her not head. It, that's not either it either, brother. I'll find it. It's either C, 12. No, that's it. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me see. That's a good chapter. We're not going to go there in the next chapter. Um, 16. Try 16, brother. 1 Corinthians 16. Okay. Look at verse 10. Okay. Now, if Timothy has come, see that he may be with you without fear, for he worketh the work of the Lord, as also... As I also do. Let no let no man therefore despise him, but conduct him forth in peace, that he may come unto me, for I look for him with the brethren. That's not either, either brother. Say I can't even tell y'all. What is I, it? I can't. Uh, Concerning giving, brother, and Paul mm-hmm. makes it plain. And see, folks, I don't. I want to stay away from so much. I don't. I ain't even got it memorized. And for me, that's a big deal. <laughs> that's a big deal. Ah, shoot! I want to show you the difference between what he just read in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Turn to see. Let me see if this is it. Uh, shoot, I know how to find it. Having all sufficiency in all things is able to make make all things abound toward you. That's how you find it with a concordance. Yes. I think it's Second Corinthians nine eight. Let me check here. Um, and God is able to make all grace that, abound towards you, 
that ye always having all sufficiency and all Start things. in verse 10. Start in verse 10. Okay. Watch this come down through here, folks, okay? Watch Paul come down through here. Okay, Second Corinthians 9, verse 10. Now, he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food, and multiply your seed sown, and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. For the administration of this service not only supplieth the wants of the saints, but it is abundant also by many thanksgiving unto God. Whilst by the experiment of this ministration they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ and your liberal distribution unto them and unto all men and by their prayer for you, which long after you for the exceeding grace of God in you. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Um, That's not the end of the chapter, is it? No, it, it yes, goes it on. Was. It. But the, see, what we did, we started below that, and we should have gone up. Okay, we'll go. Instead of starting at 10. I'll okay. start at verse 5. Okay. Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren that they would go before unto you and make up beforehand your bounty, whereof ye had noticed before that the same might be ready as a matter of bounty and not as of covetousness. Now, but folks, he's not, say, he's, not, he's not talking about somebody's got a bounty on their head and wanted by the law. That's not, I'm sure you know that. Go ahead, brother. Verse 6, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. Did you hear what and he said? He that, just slow down, brother. He that soweth sparingly shall reap sparingly. All right. Go ahead, brother. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth the cheerful giver. You want God to love you? Now, I, do you believe the book? See, I know I believe the book, and I know God loves me. I'm very well. I've, I've, that stuck with me all my Christian life when I was taught this. When I was taught this this doctrine, okay, New Testament Christian giving. I know how the Lord blesses. See, I hate talking about this. This makes me feel bad, but I'm going to do it anyway if the hair lips the devil. I'm going to do it. Let every man giveth as he purpose, and let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. As he purpose in his heart, so let him give, for God loveth a cheerful giver. That's what he's talking about, giving. Continue on, brother. Verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound okay. towards you. Okay, won't you stop right there. This is the only promise to a born-again, Bible-believing Christian that's conditional. The other promises are unconditional. This is conditional, and it's conditioned upon the Lord loveth a cheerful giver. Let every man give as he purposed in his heart, so let him give. This is conditional, what Brother David is reading right now. Go ahead, brother. Continue. Read, read the promise. 
And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. As it is written, He hath dispersed abroad, He hath given to the poor, His righteousness remaineth forever. Okay, now that's that's a simple promise. Oh, I can get away. I can get away with that one, folks. Come on, come on. What was you fixing to say, brother David? I was just going to read the next verse that says, "Now he that ministereth seed to the sower both ministereth bread for your food, and multiply your seed sown, and increase the fruits of your righteousness." Anybody that deals with you folks, anybody that gets in the Gospels, listen to me close. I'm going to cut my own throat here, but I don't care. Anybody that comes across to you preaching and starts talking about giving out of the Gospels, you better cut him off. He's going to make you think that if you, if according to your faith, if you give this, the Lord will do so and so. If you do the, if you give so much to the Lord, just to plant a seed of faith out of context, they'll lie to you to get your money. Turn to First Corinthians nine while I'm talking, brother. Okay. Back to, back to, to chapter nine. Mm-hmm. And you can, um, when I get you to read, I'll have you start reading in verse eight. But let me go ahead and tell these folks this stuff. Listen, folks. This this seed-giving stuff ain't nothing but it's made up, out-of-context stuff to rob you of your money to make somebody else rich. That's all it is. That stuff, 99.9% of that junk on television is to strip you of a dime to put gas in somebody else's Mercedes or Cadillac. Do you agree with that, Brother David? Yes, I do. It ain't got God. Paul just tells you simply here. Hey, purpose in your heart. God loveth the cheerful giver. If you do, look what God's going to do for you. He's able to make all things abound toward you that you have an all sufficiency in all things. That's a and He that, will multiply what you gave. That's but correct. But it's according to His desire. His will. His to, desire. Yeah, His delight. Absolutely. Not according to, oh, I want a hundredfold. <laughs> no, no, that's, that, that, that's junk. That's pure devilish junk. Now, in 1 Corinthians 9, Paul's going to reach back to the Old Testament and slap it down in the New Testament, and it's concerning giving to the ones that give to you, specifically pastors and teachers. In other words, sowing spiritual things to re- to reap the listener's carnal things. Start reading verse 8, brother. Okay. 1 Corinthians 9, 8. Say I these things as a man, or saith not the law the same also? We're gonna have, we're gonna, I'm sorry, brother. We're going to have to go on up further. Start in verse 5. Okay. Have we not power to lead about a sister, a wife, as well as other apostles, and as the brethren of the Lord and Cephas? Or I only and Barnabas have not we power to forbear working? That's, that means not work. They have the power not to work. Like Peter didn't hold down a job after the apostleship, after the resurrection. Peter and John, you know, there's no evidence that they held on a normal job. 
at all. But Paul did. When Paul tell, he goes to long lengths to tell you why he did, why he kept working with his own hands as a tent maker, so he couldn't. Nobody could point a finger at him like people point the fingers at these TV evangelists and everything. Now, Paul withheld being withheld the uh, right to be able to take from the ones he talked to. That's simply put. That's what he is. He's fixing to tell you. Go ahead, brother. Who goeth? A warfare any time at his own charges. Who planteth a vineyard and eateth not of the fruit thereof? In other words, if any man goes to war, he's paid for fighting. Therefore, in your hardness is a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Paul talking to Timothy as a soldier. Who plants a vineyard? Who, who, doesn't, who doesn't in the vineyard, you know, dung it, raise it up, prune it? Teach it, teach it's what he's talking about, and receive not of the fruit of the vineyard. The answer is a rhetorical question. Nobody should. Go ahead, brother. Or who feedeth a flock and eateth not of the milk of the flock? Say I these things as a man, or saith not the law the same also? For it is written in the law of Moses. Thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn. Doth God take care for oxen? Brother David was trying to get you folks to pay attention when he said a while ago, we was talking about the, the minister that labors in doctrine, word in doctrine, double honor. That's what Brother David was trying to get to sink in. Yes. Go ahead, brother. Exactly. Or saith he it altogether for our sakes, for our sakes, no doubt. This is written, that he that ploweth should plow in hope, and that he that thresheth in hope should be partaker of his hope. If we have sown unto you spiritual things, is it a great thing if we shall reap your carnal things? That's it. That's the simple principle right there. And any and any Bible pastor or teacher that goes uh, goes against that, or doesn't teach that one simple principle right there, he's wicked. And I'll explain to you what I'm talking about. If you haven't been fed something spiritual, if there's not, if you haven't received the truth, if that minister, pastor, teacher has not labored in the word and doctrine, you don't owe him a dime. He's wasted your time and his own time. But if he has fed you spiritually, if he's been a blessing to you spiritually, if he's labored in the word and doctrine, Paul says simply, what is a big deal? If we give you spiritual things, is it such a great thing if we reap your carnal things? Isn't that plain, Brother David? It sure is. Verse 12, brother. It really is. Verse 12. If others be partakers of this power over you, are not we rather? See there? It's the power of the teacher-preacher over the individual. See, you don't like that. Some of you down like, y'all don't like that, see. What happens is somebody comes in, instead of being in a building, in a church building with a steeple, where where your conscience would bother you when you walked out if you saw everybody else Offering, see, you like it on the internet where you can click the mouse and the conscience has plays no part, see. That's the difference. That's the difference, 
So if you're serious with God, it should work more if you're relying on the Internet for your spiritual food. If you've, got, if you've been fed spiritually, if the one that teaches and preaches to you labors in the Word, and you know He does, then you'll know by the Spirit, by the Spirit of God that dwelleth in you. Everything I've just said is just as sound and scriptural for New Testament doctrine as John 3.16, and I came not but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. you agree with that, Brother David? Yes. Yes, indeed. That's what he said. Okay, folks. I, I, I just wanted to get that. I've, I've never spent that time before and just got that out of the way. But I have now. Let me read uh, verse 13 and 14 as well, just to finish this line of thought. Do ye not know that they which minister about holy things live of the things of the temple? And they which wait at the altar are partakers with the altar. Even so hath the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. You know, you can't get any clearer nowadays, even a paragraph, Mark, that, that, that ends it and starts off the next train of thought. So there it is. Downloaders, you've heard it. Now you've heard me say it. All right. You've heard me give you the scripture. Go check it out yourself. Don't believe a word if you're not reading along. Don't believe a word I've said. Go check it out for yourself. And deal with the Lord about it. And that's all I'm going to say. Period. That's it. What time is it, Brother Kevin? Man, I didn't mean to go in these different directions tonight. Mm. Well, it's good to get something new going. It's 8.47. 8.47. We've been on an hour and 45 minutes. Okay, I'm going to go just a few more minutes. All right, folks, back to 1947. In 1947, there was a crash of something in Roswell, New Mexico. It's still talked about today, just it's more popular today than it was for the first 30 years after it happened. You say, oh, that's just a myth, that's a weather balloon. Well, see, you might could have told me that and had a leg to stand on two or three years ago, but guess what? Brother Don went and interviewed one of the pilots, the co-pilot, that flew the wreckage out of the, the, out of the um, Air Force's hangar in Roswell, New Mexico, to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. He's 94 years old. He lives 15 miles from me. And any of you are welcome to come down here yourself and interview him if he hasn't died. I hadn't talked to him in about six or eight months. But I interviewed him, and this is what he said. I talked to him for three hours. He said that there was guards around this stuff like you would not believe. He took three carts or, or crates and put them on the plane as the co-pilot and they would not even let him turn his head around. He got to see the crates out of the corner of his eyes and the guards that stood behind him on that C-130, one of those big old planes, would not even let the pilot or the co-pilot glance around. But both of them got to see the crates as they were putting them on board. They flew them to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. 
And the guards, they had a, a big cadre of folks come out, took them in, took the crates off. And the guards stayed on the plane and made them sit there. He said he'll never forget it because he's dying for a cigarette. The whole time they made him sit there. But he said, he looked me in the eyes, that old 94-year-old man. He said, Don, I'll tell you one thing. It sure wasn't no weather balloons. Weather, weather balloons don't rattle when they're shaking. And the boxes was too big. And you don't have to guard plastic and rubber and get threatened to be killed if you talk about it. And he's been on coast to coast before, folks. The big radio show, you know, after 12 o'clock, George Norrie's interviewed him. He's been interviewed by all these people. He's one of the last ones left alive that had hands-on experience with the stuff in Roswell, which was supposed to have been, you know, two or three little grays, those biological suits for demons. That's what it was. No aliens, no such thing as aliens. But it was a nuts and bolts craft. Remember what I said at the start of the program? The nuts and bolts craft come from under the earth, not extra-dimensional. Those can appear and reappear at will not the ones from under the earth. They're nuts and bolts. But that's what he said. And I believe him. And no reason to lie. Like I said, 93, 94 years old. He saw the wreckage. He had some idea. I just told you the bottom line brass tacks fact. He said some other stuff, but he said I couldn't swear to it. He said, I did talk to some people that saw some small machinery like they had never seen before. Some of the people that were involved in, in, the, getting, in the gathering up of the wreckage, he said, I did speak to a woman that talked to one of the soldiers that put two parts of a body onto a stretcher and took it away. But he said, I can't swack I didn't see that. I wasn't involved with that part. He said, I can just tell you what I heard. He said, it could be hearsay or it could be absolute truth. He said, I happen to trust the one that told me. Now you've heard it. Now you've heard even more than I told you before when I made mention of it in program gone way back. But I don't think none of you were with me other than Brother Kevin. So, so much for that. That's when it all started. That's when the big deal, right after the bombs are blasting, if there's really atomic bombs, shaking up the ether in the air, shaking up underneath the ground, something come to check on it. And it wasn't nobody from Alpha Centauri either. Something was shaking up that firmament above the heaven that everything's on the inside, and we'll get into that Monday night. But this is the flower that has never died. Why do you think, folks, stuff that's just not true eventually fades away? Do you realize this quote-unquote UFO thing is doing nothing but growing and burgeoning and has been ever since it first started? 
And I've done gave given y'all my own testimony of the the little incidents I've had in my own life. I've done told you about that. There wasn't no airplane, wasn't no helicopters. Okay, <laughs> not at all. Nope. Why did it all come on the scene now? Nineteen forty-eight, July. Was it July or was it when May? May, I think May nineteenth. When did the Israelite state become become a nation, Brother David? Was it May seventeenth, eighteenth, nineteen forty-eight? Exact date, I'm not sure. Nineteen forty-eight. Yes. Okay, you have this esoterical thing happening that started something that is going strong today and has 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 uh, spurs on it that I could just talk about forever, or different stuff connected with it. As a matter of fact, more people believe in quote-unquote, now this is what they believe, more people believe in quote-unquote extraterrestrial life today than ever has. As a matter of fact, it's a majority of Americans now. And it keeps growing and growing and growing. With the new generation, they believe it's people from other star systems. Science fiction has steered the thoughts of, a young, of the whole generation to think a certain way. They may have re- refused to believe it earlier in life, but as their years have gone on, they're starting to believe it now. Don't take my word for it. Check it out. Most of you folks know I'm telling you the truth, but if those of you that don't know anything about this stuff, check it out. Even the Pope is talking about greeting, quote-unquote, the extraterrestrial brothers. Yes, yes. Even talking about baptizing, quote-unquote, aliens. Yes, he is. Even made the remark that they might not be guilty of original sin. And another one of the Jesuits said that they may, may be able to teach us something about salvation. In other words, an alien savior. Well, what most people are talking about now is that they created us. Oh, that's that's what I'm that's what I'm going to get to. But um, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait till Monday night. But I'm gonna hit panspermia along with something else, and that's what oh. we'll spend the majority of the time on Monday night. Oh, good. But um, both whether you like it or not, whether it makes see you want to go along with oh they make fun of people that see flying saucers on Fox News. Oh, they make fun of people. I don't want to be called a tinfoil hat. Do you realize that almost 2% of the American public, I'm talking about the ones here today, according to a Roper poll, I done told you about it before, I'm going to mention it again, in case some people tune in that didn't hear, 2%. Have had an abduction. An abduction. I didn't say saw a UFO and it, it come on and it disappeared. I've said abduction experience out of three hundred something million folks. Do you know what that comes up to being? You know how many of them it takes. This is a stupid question, but you know how many of them it takes for it to be real? <laughs> Only one out of millions. Only one, and it would be real. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about aliens from Zeta Recticuli. 
I'm talking about a biological entity possessed by a demon that's been built by fallen angels. That's what I'm talking about. That's playing a part in the latter end of human history. And is setting up every Western Christian nation for deception as they more and more float away and walk away from true Bible teaching and preaching and the Word of God and the body of Christ. The supernatural world today, folks, is exploding. Teenagers, young adults, the drive and the, and the lust for supernatural things is exploding in every Western Christian nation. Once Christian nation, I should say. Ouija boards, demon games, television programs dealing with the supernatural, ghosts, it's everywhere. You say, it's just a fad, it'll pass. Not this time. And there's no way you could call it fad with the numbers like it generates. They've even got a TV show they're going to air, and guess what the name of it is on Fox? The name of it's Lucifer. They're even glorifying Isaiah 14. They're even glorifying the fallen one and trying to paint him in a light to the masses like he's just down on his luck. If some of you folks are so pragmatic and so materialistic, you can run and run and, and deny and deny all you want to. But it's eventually going to bite you in the ask me no questions. This stuff is real. And the more people believe in it, the more real it will get. That's the point I was trying to make the other night about my theory, about the, demont, the, the stuff from the other dimension bleeding through into this dimension. The generation of the frequency of belief in the mind gives them weight. You know it says, neither give place to the devil, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. That's a mindset. Not giving place to the devil. Well, today, everybody's giving place to the devil and demons and, and weird beings from extra-dimensional world. And you've even got CERN trying to break through that world and send something through into an extra dimension and saying maybe something will come back through also. You had in Genesis chapter 6, the angelic realm blasphemed the Father and came down. They were quote-unquote, let's call them scientific angels, for no better reason. They offered something to get something. They offered for the time period after Adam and before Noah in the days of Jared, they offered something. They offered scientific stuff. Sword making, T 
tinctures of perfume, how to seduce men for women. They offered, they had something to offer, and they were brilliant. They were angels. They had stood before the throne. And for this low technological bunch called Adam Kind, they offered things to receive something. What did they receive? The bodies of women. They took women whomsoever they chose and had their sons and daughters born unto them, which were giants, which carried some of their daddy's DNA. They were smart. They were genius. But don't forget, they offered something to receive something. Flash forward to 1947. 1948, it's claimed among the people that study this stuff to a grand degree that there was a deal made between a quote-unquote extraterrestrial race and then in the 50s, President Eisenhower. Supposedly with some people with long blonde hair and blue eyes and about 6'2 or 6'3 that said they were from the Pleiades or Orion. Offered something to get something. Said, how true is that, Brother Don? I don't have a clue. I just know it holds water in the mythology today. Check it out. Read it for yourself. Make up your own mind. I don't know of any way you could prove it other than what's taking place. They gave something to get something. Back in Genesis 6, they married the women. Flesh and bone with flesh and blood. And those angels had to get blood somewhere, and that's a whole other teaching. Man, you could trace vampirism all the way back to then. In some of the canonical books, it says they drank blood. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. They married women and produced giants. There was... Giants in the earth in those days and also after that. So after Genesis 6, something else happened. There was another, some kind of incursion after the mighty, after the great flood. How was it? I don't know. I don't see no judgment of any angels anywhere. How did it happen? Don't know. Maybe it might be like kind of like it's happening today. But anyway... They didn't get as big. And guess what? They were blonde-headed, red-headed, blue-eyed, green-eyed. They were of our people, folks. Why did that happen? How did that happen? You know, it don't talk about no kinky-haired, brown-eyed giants in the Bible, does it? <laughs> the ones found... Across the United States and across the world have been blonde-headed, brown-eyed, blue-eyed, light-skinned. Hmm. What does that say for us? 
What does that say about your DNA? What does that say about specific rare markers in your DNA? From Ireland or Scotland or Germany. And each one of those places I just named has legends of giants everywhere. Kind of makes you not want to know, don't it? <laughs> if that old chromosome's there. Not that it even matters if you've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior because all that's going to go to dust anyway. You get a new body, totally regenerated, totally changed, DNA and all. See, that's what none of them wants to talk about either. In the resurrection... In Ireland, there's even a causeway that apparently the giants built, and it's called to this day Giant's Causeway. Mm-hmm. I think I heard Brother Emmett talk about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the DNA folks, listen to me. Listen to me. If you can find one verse of Scripture that says everything in your body is going to be changed, but your DNA strands, I'd like to see it. There is not. There's not one single verse. I'm just telling you. When you get a new body, it's going to be a new body. It's coming, it comes from the dust. And it's re, it'll come out of the dust and it'll be reformed re, into a new body just like Jesus Christ. You need to think about those things. Some of you folks out there, instead of killing yourself over worry about some genetic marker you've seen in DNA. If you have the ability and you have had the conviction to respond to the Spirit of God, don't give none of that talk out there even a second thought. If you've responded to the teaching and preaching of the Word of God by the conviction of the Holy Ghost. That's all the proof you need of anything. That's a, that's a million times better than any DNA reports you could possibly get. Amen, Brother David? Yes, amen. Like I said earlier about Esau and Jacob. Amen. That's right. They both were pure. Jacob have I loved, so being, Esau have I hated. Yeah. Being pure isn't, isn't the thing. Nope, it's not, brother. It's not. It's the Father's choice. He even has elect angels, folks. You elect I'm talking to right now, be glad you're elect because there's even elect angels. There's some that don't make it. Even now that are there with the Father now are not going to make it because they're not elect. Only the Father knows who it is. That's why Paul warns the women about about their hair because of the angels. That's why Paul tells the Corinthians later on, when he talks about worrying about them because there is about their Lord's many and God's many. And he's not talking about stones. He's not talking about some little brass idol. He says, though there be Lord's many and God's many, and we're not going to get off into Psalms 82 tonight. We're going to leave it right there. Is there any questions in the chat room? We'll pick up this and we'll take it further into the great, greatest conspiracy that has been in the last 500 years 
and will be, and, and the part it will play and the possibility that everybody's doctrine that's been taught in the last few hundred years when it comes to prophecy, including my own, could possibly be wrong. And I'll bring up why there's a possibility of that in our next program. And I did say including my own. Any questions? No, uh, no. Okay. Y'all got any questions? Kevin, you or David? No, sir, I don't at the moment. Okay. Neither do I. Okay, brother. But um, I didn't get to hit everything. I, my mind got scattered tonight. I had no idea where we're going, where we went at the first of the program. That absolutely came from out of nowhere. And uh, a lot of the stuff that I had lined up in one, two, three, four in the back of my brain, half of it disappeared, brother. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, my. just one thing I wanted to, the biological suits and the people who are being abducted and the old way the fallen angels procreated with the the Adamic women, and now they are taking... Is this the way you see it there? Oh, absolutely, and, and that's exactly right. And ovum yeah. and eggs and everything, and I'll shut yes. because the Lord fixed it where it couldn't be the way it was before. Remember what we read the other night, brother? Yes, yes. And mm-hmm. I brought that to y'all's attention. Now I'll show you Daniel's prophecy that verifies it. Turn quickly, turn to Daniel chapter 2, and go down okay. to uh, verse um, 43, 40. Verse 40, and we'll read this. Now watch it close, folks, and I'll show you why it's different today. The the incursion that's taking place today can't be like it was in Genesis 6 because of what it told you in the extra-canonical book. The Lord changed something, so it's different today. And you're talking about making babies from scratch. And I'll show you how Daniel prophesies of this very thing in his in his famous prophecy of the final kingdoms and kings. Okay. Daniel chapter 2, verse 40. Mm-hmm. And the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron, for as much as iron breaketh in pieces and subdueth all things, and as iron that breaketh all these shall it break in pieces and bruise. And whereas thou sawest the feet and toes, part of potter's clay and part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, but there shall be in it of the strength of the iron. For as much as thou sawest the iron mixed with miry clay, and as the toes of the feet were part of iron and part of clay. Stop. So stop. Those, iron, those ten toes are ten kings that are part iron and part clay. Now watch the wording. Go ahead, brother. So the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. And whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men. But they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron. Stop right there. They... Third person plural. They who? <laughs> they who? Shall mingle themselves with who? The seed of men. But they shall not cleave 
What did Adam? What did the Lord tell Adam and Eve back in the garden, brother? Man shall leave father and mother and cleave and what to his wife? Cleave to his wife. That's marriage. Right here, it's telling you there is no marriage involved. You see that, brother David? You under you see yes, what? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yeah. If you take that word as it's used biblically in context, it means the conjugal acts. That's correct. Of marriage. That's exactly what it means. And that is plainly Daniel way back yonder telling you that this incursion that's taking place as we speak today is not like it was in Genesis 6. It's different because there's no marrying going on. It's being done on a genetic level. They're giving something to get something back. Giving something to get something back. It's a whole new ball game. Anyway, anyway, we will stop here for tonight, and we'll pick up Monday night. And like I said, we're going to we'll probably go for a pretty good while Monday night because um, we're going to get into the granddaddy of them all, Heavenly Father. We thank you for this time we've had to spend together tonight, Father. Especially for the first part of the program, I pray that you would take your holy word, Father, that Brother David read tonight, Father, and burn it in the hearts of the downloaders and the ones that 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 um. Or in the chat room, give them ears to hear, Father, and eyes to see, and obedience to your spirit, Father. For it's better to obey than to sacrifice. And obedience is what your children have a lack of today in these end times. Father, I pray that you bless each and every one in the chat room. Uh, honor their prayers, Father, according to your will. Everything in their life that would be more pleasurable for you, Father, that would be according to your will and in their life that you can touch things that makes their life more productive for you in their perfecting process. I pray you'd answer those prayers, Father. The same thing for the downloaders, Father, that you'd come out of right field and slap them upside the head idiomatically and figuratively, Lord. Knock them upside the head with your spirit, Father, and work in their life. Amen. So they, so, so they give you all the honor and the glory for everything in their life, Father. Because it's all for your pleasure. It's all for your pleasure, Holy Father. And Father, I pray for this coming Monday night's program. Something that I usually don't do, Lord, but, but on, on the air. I'm praying for Monday night's program, Father, that you give me wisdom, clarity of thought and knowledge. And may the Spirit reign Monday night, Lord, because you know where I'm headed, Father God, and I want, I want the people to hear from you about the subject matter we're going to talk about Monday, Father. You know how important yes, it is. And, Father, we'll be careful to give your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, all the honor and the praise, for it's in his name we pray, and for his sake alone, Amen and amen. Yes, brother, brother David. I agree. Amen. You can amen. give out the contact information, brother yes, David. Yes, the contact information. Okay, the telephone number for Don Spears Ministry is three three four three nine seven two three three three. The email is one word joy don nineteen fifty three. That's joy don. 1953 at yahoo.com 
Address, 3155, 3155, Louisville Street, Apartment D1. That's D as in Don, D1. Clio, Alabama, C-L-I-O, Clio, Alabama, zip code 36017, 36017. God bless each and every one of you guys, and we will see you Sunday night with the Gospel of Luke, um, Chapter 5, Part 2, and then me and Brother David will be back together Monday night as we pick up the timeline of Deception, Part 8. God bless you guys, and see you then. See you Amen. Later, Brother God David. bless all. Good job, brother. Thank you. Good night. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.